0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Thursday, March 18th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss a very nice six game NBA slate for this evening. And uh, great to see everybody today. I'm sporting the, the DFS Coach Talk hoodie. We have a uh, competition this weekend for our members. So if, for the members out there, you get a green one of these if you win it. We've got some shirts and hats and different things also uh, available, plus bragging rights. So if you're not a member, come in and join us at uh, DFS Coach Talk. Just go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. You can join for as little as a three day pass for $10. And we have all kinds of different memberships. Um, We're going to be announcing a Major League Baseball uh, membership that is a seven month membership that'll come out uh, this weekend. So very excited about that. But we do have our BetUS uh, offer, which is tremendous. It's if you deposit at BetUS.com.pa and use the promo code Talk uh, and make that first deposit of $149, you get a free membership with Coach Talk all the way until June 1st. Best deal we've we've had out there for sure. Get to hammer away at this NCAA tournament on BetUS. And you get a, a free ride here at Coach Talk all the way till June one. So we'd love to have you. Uh, great to see everybody today. we we have definitely done the Will Ferrell. Ferrell we're going streaking here uh, in the last ten days. Uh, we've we've had eight winning, solid winning days. Some takedowns. Um, just you know, this is this is the kind of stretches that we uh, really get excited. So. Uh, with no further ado, we want to dive into this six-game slate because there are some interesting uh, plays here, and there's certainly some information uh, that we still need to know, and that's going to deter some of the decisions we make here, but let's dive right into it. There, It's, it's a weird slate tonight. There's three early games and three late games with a big uh, space in between, so uh, the other thing that we've adopted here because it, we've been uh, so hot at it is playing that after hours FanDuel slate. So, uh, you know, be a nice three game after hours slate tonight. So we want to dive into that also. All right, first game, seven o'clock Utah Jazz 29 and 10 at the Washington Wiz- Wizards 14 and 25. Right now, the Jazz are a big 11 and point favorite, the over unders 235 and a half. And we thank our partners at betus.com.pa for these live lines. Uh, The twist here is Utah's on the first night of a back-to-back, and it's a double-digit. So, you know, definitely concerned and worried that if they do get up a decent amount on the Wizards, that they would rest some guys and lose some minutes uh, because they play again tomorrow night. So something we have to, to discuss further. Uh, And Washington, it's the second night of a back-to-back for them. They played hard last night. Westbrook was phenomenal down the stretch. stretch, uh, But they played very hard, and now they have to have the wonderful prize of playing Utah after last night's game. As far as the pace goes here, Utah 17th, middle of the pack uh, somewhat. Washington continues to be the fastest-paced team. And certainly, uh, you know, their games we focus on a lot. Defensively, Utah's fourth in the league, and Washington staying down toward the bottom at 27th. The only big piece of injury news right now is on Michael Conley. He is not playing in this game. Uh, this is going to be a rest game for him. Uh, the probable lineups right now for Utah are Mitchell, Ingles, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, and Gobert. And then we know, you know Clarkson gets a little extra bump when Connolly's out as well. So their main rotation will be a go. Washington, uh, we have no news yet on anybody sitting. Uh, we know the last couple of back-to-backs Westbrook has played after sitting out several back-to-backs early on in the season. So unless we get any further news, uh, the projected lineup here is Westbrook, Beal, uh, Garrison, Matthews, Rui Hashimura, and Alex Len. Um, And they, you know, their rotation has been pretty consistent now with Raul Neto getting uh, really good sound uh, minutes, backup point guard minutes. And you're getting some run for Denny Odvia and, you know, uh, Robin Lopez off the bench. So an interesting first game. Um, You know, I've got to say of of all the Washington games of late, uh, this one, Scares me the most as far as both sides of it. I think that uh, Utah, the way they've played, certainly could lay one on Washington. Um, that's a concern. Both teams on one side of a back to back or another is definitely a concern as well. Now, defensively, Utah gets it done, but it is Westbrook and Beale. So, you know, to me, uh, the, the matchups are going to be tough. You know, you're going to have. Uh, some guys defending people here that uh, could give him a little bit of trouble. But I, I actually like Bradley Beal here a little bit. He's sort of taken a back seat in like two of the last three or three of the last four games, actually, uh, to Westbrook. Westbrook has been more uh, dominant uh, of a player. Uh, I just think Beal, this game sets up for Beale to score and also, he's going to have to get some of those periphery statistics uh, to keep Washington in the game. So I do have a pay-up option here for Beal. It's not locked in yet because I'm still a little wary of this game. Uh, but that—that's the direction I would, the only direction I would go on the Washington side. On Utah, I've had a lot of success playing, uh, you know, Utah when Connolly is is sitting. And that's generally because all of that usage that he has as far as game uh, making and, you know, uh, dishing the ball assist rate and everything else goes up and minutes go up for the two guys that I'm considering here. And that's Clarkson and Ingalls. Um, they both, uh, you know, become playable. But, you know, the guy I want to mention even above them is is Donovan Mitchell. Now, he's had some really flat games. And he can really disappoint. But this is against one of the worst defenses in the league. And when Conley's out, there is a lot of time Mitchell basically is the pseudo point guard. I mean, even though Clarkson's in there a lot, he'll play some. But he likes to spot up on the wings and knock those corner threes down as also. So, uh, you know, Mitchell is the number one guy I'm looking at here. I wouldn't mind at all having a Mitchell Beal Uh, duo in this first game, but there is risk involved. So this isn't just a cut and dry, uh, you know, I'm playing these two and moving on. But those are the two spots that I would go. Um, Gobert's been really solid lately. There's a few other centers that I'm I'm leaning to here, but he can put up consistent numbers. Uh, Really the other ancillary guys I'm not going after, I've been riding the Rui Hashimura train here and he's been great. But he has to probably get Royce O'Neill defense, which uh, doesn't work out too well. And you guys know that listen to this show all the time that, that Alex Lynn is dead to me. And, of course, you know, it was funny. I, I flipped to that game a few times last night. And after he absolutely smoked all my lineups last week in that one game, he did nothing. Uh, he had a couple just like Dwight Howard Shaq kind of dunks. I'm thinking, you dirty, rotten dog, you. <laughs> Like he was flashing it in my chops, man. So Alex Lynn remains on my poo-poo list. How's that for cleaning it up for family entertainment here? But, uh, yeah, so that's that's game one. And like I say, uh, I definitely have a lean uh, towards Mitchell and Bill here, but not in stone. All right, game two, 7.30 Eastern, half an hour later. It is the Oklahoma City Thunder at 17 and 23 against the Atlanta Hawks that are now 20-20. and They have gone 4-0 with their interim coach, uh, Nate McMillan, is doing the job. Since they fired their coach, they have got this ball rolling. Um, There is a ton of news in this game, so let's talk about that first. Atlanta is a seven-point favorite. Uh, It's a a 225-and-a-half over-under. It's an island game for both teams, so we don't have to worry about that. Pace-wise is a concern, 14th for Oklahoma City and Atlanta, 22nd. And it doesn't look like with the new coach in there, McMillan, that they're speeding it up all that much. I wanted to get a feel this first handful of games to see, you know, what is, what is he going to do? What is he going to institute here? And it's not really speeding up the game. It's, it's uh, trying to cut turnovers down, share the ball. And uh, shoot the three. So, um, you know, not really expecting that number to rise a whole lot for the Hawks on the pace side. Defensively, Oklahoma City is a very respectable 11th with basically a G League team. They they do hustle out there. I mean, that coach is getting everything out of that team he possibly can. I mean, to be 17 and 23 with that team, and I Kate, I mention it like once a week, but. I don't know how they win. I mean, other than the the Rockets, they, to me, have the least talented roster uh, in the league, but more power to them as well. Um, Atlanta's 19th defensively, and that was a big thorn in their side. Uh, they were in that mid-20s for quite a while, and that's the other thing I think McMillan, McMillan is instilling here is defense, and they're definitely tightening the screws there. But here's all the news, and... It makes this game almost a joke to even go through because it's just there's too much news here that we don't know that will completely affect the whole game. So I always hate when we have games that are just flooded with uh, possible changes and moves. And we have two out of the six that are that way. But, you know, it's going to come down to following the news throughout the day. You can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at language Olympic uh, also just you know jump aboard and get in our discord that's where all of our members we're like a bunch of of hawks here uh, spotting out the info we'll get that up there in discord so everybody can adjust uh, and those adjustments make a big difference not just prior to games but in games as the other ones are coming up and that news comes out and uh, our discord is sharp as attack as far as that goes all right, Maladon and Dort are questionable. No idea if they're going to play. Um, also for the, the, uh, I'm <sauve> um, sorry, yeah, and then um, Baisley is the guy I was thinking about. He's out. So you got a, a guy that's out, two questionable. And then the two bigs for Atlanta are both questionable. Of course, Capella, that changes the whole com- complexion of the game. And uh, the rookie, Okongwu, o- is also questionable. Um- <pipe> So you know, with five Q tags in this game, uh, we got to see what the deal is. I can't say I, I played Shea the other day, and he just looked a little flat. I know he goes and stretches, but uh, I'll tell you who Atlanta's been playing a lot, and and he's still a lockdown defender, and I and I think that's why he's been getting the real solid minutes. And that's Tony Snell. He is if you watch him defensively, he jumps screens. You know, he's, his lateral movement is still great. He's been around a while, but I think he'll give uh, Shea some trouble and really don't have any interest in paying up uh, to him. Um, on the Atlanta side, this seems like a great spot uh, for for Trey. I mean, he's an Oklahoma guy, and he, I know he uh, you know watched a lot of Thunder games as, as he went to OU, and he always gets a little more juice to play them it's in Atlanta, not OKC, but still, uh, you know, it has, uh, an effect there. He gets all the, the, the paper, uh, you know, in Oklahoma is still all about Trey young and how he does a lot of times. So, you know, I think Trey's a good buy-up in this game and, you know, he's in stretches. If this game stays close, it's a seven point spread. I think that, uh, it sets up real, really for a nice game for them because, uh, especially if, if, uh, you know Dort doesn't play because Dort try will guard everybody, even Trey Young. So um, you know that's a piece of news that that we need to know. Um, as far as the other guys, I know John Collins is a terrific play of Capella sits. It's just a no-brainer. Uh, he gets all those extra rebounds, uh, putbacks, just a lot more activity. So. Collins is definitely going to be a a player that'll make my player pool. If Capella's out, if Capella plays, though, I'm not going to go there uh, whatsoever. Um, Capella Horford will be the Spider-Man versus Spider-Man type of guys. You know, veterans that are really good defenders, so they'll they'll uh, eliminate each other if Capella plays. Uh, And really, that's it. I'm I'm not I have not been on the uh, Pokachevsky bandwagon. Uh, and as far as this Moses Brown thing where he broke the slate the other day, it's all great, but Horford's playing. So, you know, that definitely makes a tremendous difference for, you know, his possibilities. So I'm not going to go there. Um, I didn't go there the other day. I'm not going to go there now. You got to stick to your your guns as far as, as some of these stands. So... All right, we move to game three. The other early game, it's a 7.30 p.m. game, Orlando Magic 13 and 26. They have pretty much mailed it in now. The New York Knicks 20 and 21 have fallen below 500, uh, even though they've gotten a lot of attention and buzz uh, in the NBA circle. So they need to get going. This is the kind of game that they absolutely have to win. I think they'll approach it that way. They're only a five-point favorite against Orlando, who's really been struggling, and we've got one of the lower totals we've had in quite some time, and it's way the lowest total on the slate, 207. That's it, so not great, and here's why. You've got Orlando the 19th pace, the Knicks the 30th pace, slowest team in the league. They're definitely going to grind. They do that every game. Um, defensively, Orlando's 18th. The Knicks are fifth. So they're in that top five. Also, a lot, this is the other uh, injury riddled game. For Orlando, uh, we have Fournier questionable and Gordon questionable. So that creates a, a big issue there. And Ross questionable. So when you're talking about three starters uh, questionable, How the heck are you supposed to determine a game? So that's a big problem. And then on the next side, we've got all these dinged up guards still. Uh, Derrick Rose remains out. And we have Peyton with a doubtful tag and our man quickly with a questionable tag. So good Lord. I mean, we may be down to having to actually consider Nitalikina, which those words are very, in fact, I got to take a drink of coffee. I threw up in my mouth a little bit just saying that. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. We may have to uh, plug them in there. But a couple things. You know, real quickly, I don't want to waste time on this game because the game sucks. It's great defense, slow pace, a lot of possible injuries. If a bunch of these guys sit out, we do have to look at the minutes allocation because we know the Tibbs plays guys a ton. So, you know, if that all of that usage goes, I guess you can briefly look at a Randall. Uh, you can briefly look at a Vukovic as the two pay-up options here. And then, you know, after that, there are some more guys that potential. I, I, right now I'm passing this game, but these are potential guys based on if the guys we all mentioned are out. And that's uh, RJ Baird, who's played well lately. And on the other side of the ball, um, you know, I think it's worth a mention for Michael Carter Williams uh, also, because especially depending on the, the, you know, the thin backcourt of the Knicks. So that's all I want to waste on that game. It is a a bad game. So that's the early uh, three games. Now we go to the late three games. And the first one is a 10 p.m. Eastern, Minnesota Timberwolves at 9 and 31, Phoenix at 26 and 12. Amazing. So, you know, blowout potential in Phoenix, double digits, m- minus 11 for Phoenix. Uh, Minnesota has not looked good. Uh, 231 and a half, which is the second highest total or third highest total. On the board, that is that's not a bad number, and then we still have McLaughlin out for Minnesota and D'Angelo Russell still out. So Ricky Rubio did great for us the other night. Uh, you know he and Jalen Noel will get all of those point guard minutes. Uh, Culver is doubtful, um, even though he's not good anyway. Uh, Cam Johnson is out. So that affects things a bit. And Nader, who's been getting decent minutes off the bench, is questionable. Probable lineups for this one for Minnesota, Rubio, Edwards, Lehman, Vanderbilt, and Towns for Phoenix, it's Paul Booker, Bridges, Crowder, and Ayton. And you know, part of the success of Phoenix is they have stayed healthy and they've stayed out of the the uh, protocol, uh, COVID protocol. So Anyway, this game, you know, there's some interesting spots here. Rubio's still playable. Uh, Anthony Edwards has decided he's wants to be back in that first-team all-rookie race, and he's been playing good ball. Um, the problem is Phoenix is so good defensively. You know, Phoenix uh, right now defensively is eighth, which is terrific. Minnesota is 26th. Um, you've got... Uh, Pace-wise, Minnesota fourth, Phoenix second slowest. So they're going to grind you to death also. But major pace up game for Phoenix, not that most of them aren't, but this is pretty way up. So, you know, Rubio at his price. Edwards still, you know, uh, I think reasonable. Um, Not the game I want to pay all the way up for Cat uh, just because of the pace and the potential blowout. I think it's too risky. On the Phoenix side, same dilemma as always: the Paul Booker eight and share, and how that's all going to roll out. Uh, I do like Booker here, though. He ha- he isn't overpriced. Uh, he you know he's been hot. He's playing well. I don't like the defensive matchups for Minnesota against Booker. Uh, he is definitely the guy that I'm looking at on Phoenix. Um, I think Chris Paul, if the game stays close enough, is also a decent option. Uh, And that's really the the two guys that I'm considering. Um, But again, there is risk involved with that game because it is one of the the bigger blowout potentials on the the card. All right, game five. We've got the New Orleans Pelicans and the Portland Trailblazers. Portland favored by one. So we're looking for a ding-dong battle. And they're right now a half a point away from hitting that magic 240 number which is double magic. It's 239 and a half. So very interesting. And here's the part that's interesting. Now, you got to love that the fact that their defensive rating is 28th and 29th. So we've got two of the worst three teams defensively in the entire league playing in this game. So it's, you know, eyes lighting up for players on both sides of the ball. But what's not exciting is they're 16th and 20th in pace, which is very unusual for you know, teams that are usually that defensively challenged, usually they're playing more of an up pace that, that plays into that as well. But it's not quite the case here. Um, what I will say, though, is um, New Orleans, this is a, uh, an island game from the, for them. Portland is on the first night of a back-to-back. So, um, you know, that is something to consider uh, also. I didn't mention the last game, by the way. Minnesota and Phoenix, they played tonight. And they play each other tomorrow night. So that's why I didn't mention it. Even though they're both on the first night of a back-to-back, it's against each other. uh, So no advantage to be found there. But in this game, you know, with Portland having the first night of a back-to-back, and they play the Mavericks tomorrow, uh, which is a good opponent. um, So, you know, will that affect Portland if they can get up in this game? Certainly. Uh, But as of now, this game looks like it's going to be a a barn burner with a one-point spread. Um, the good health for these teams coming into this game, which you have is very seldom, these last two games don't have uh, any injury uh, distinctions. There are some probables, but I don't even consider that a distinction. If you're questionable or doubtful or out, you know, that, that means something to me. But the, the this LeBron James probable thing is just such a joke that he's been probable every single game and played. Um, is, you know, I just refuse to even waste my time mentioning them because it, I don't know what the point these teams are or why the NBA is allowing it. But, uh, you know, I guess we're all probable from day to day, you know, we're expecting to make it through, but there's no guarantees. You know, if you want to look at it, that melancholy and, uh, you know, whatever, but I just, it agitates me. So, um, Anyway, let's get back to this game. The probable lineups uh, for the Pelicans is normal lineups. Ball, Bledsoe, Ingram, Williamson, and Adams. And Portland has Lillard McCollum, who's back now, and he's played a few games, looking great. Derrick Jones, Covington, and Cantor. This should be a great game. I think uh, this is is my favorite game on the slate. I'm going to definitely have exposure in this game. Uh, the pace doesn't scare me that much. I think that they'll both have just a, a plethora of opportunities here. Let me start out with I like Lonzo Ball tonight. I think he's a fine play. Uh, he's definitely on my list. Um, and I also like Dame on the other side. And, you know, CJ is a, is a question. I like him. I don't think he's ready for any of these down of the stretch. 38-minute games that he and Lillard play sometimes. But I do think he'll play in the 30s. I mean, he shows that he's ready and he's playing. But, it, you know, I'm slightly Lillard over McCollum at this point. Um, you know, interesting here, Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, uh, especially Covington, gives me some interest. I think Covington's going to have the, the tough duty of guarding Zion. And so number one concern, though, is he has to stay out of foul trouble. And, you know, Zion draws a lot of fouls going to the basket. But Covington's offensive game and the way he draws people out, I think, is going to hurt Zion. And that's why Zion's not one of my top plays in this game. I think he's going to lose some rebounds on, you know, Covington pulling him away from the basket. And then Covington's defense, I really respect. And he's Covington's a dog, though. He'll play monster minutes. So I actually I know Williamson will be highly owned. I want to go on the other side there uh, with Covington at a much better price and see if he can put up uh, one of his games where he's draining some threes uh, and getting it done. Um, and as Canner, I think you know he's been so solid. He does go against here uh, Stephen Adams, you know, so he's not going to have that thick body bang guys out of the way uh, type of advantage here, but. Adams has slowed down a slight bit this year. I think he's he's getting older now, and I think he's lost a little bit of that that uh, pep or half a step or whatever you want to call it. And Caner such a dog on the offensive glass. I think he can get some putbacks, tip ins, and that kind of stuff. So Cantor, uh has the potential uh, to make my lineup uh, as well. So really, it's for me, it's more of a ball. The possibility of Brandon Ingram, I'm, um, you know, he. I'm looking at him. He seems to be heating up as of late. Lillard and then Covington on that side. So probably going to come out of this game with uh, two or three guys without question, and, and uh, you know, a nice chunk of my salary uh, as well. A um, couple things to mention real quick. We have some huge announcements this weekend. Uh, they're already posted on our website and in our Discord. But we have some fantastic. New partnerships that are sponsoring uh, our podcasts, along with our partners, of course, at BetUS. We also have now Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, We're really excited for that partnership. Super Draft as well, being two main sponsors. And then we have some other uh, uh, medium-sized sponsors, if you will, partners that are doing a few promos with us. Uh, We'll be announcing all of them. but. Very excited about the new relationship with Monkey Knife Fight and Super Draft. Okay, we are going to hit this last game and make this fairly quick today. Being solo, uh, Andrew will be back for the Friday night card with me. So, uh, actually, I'm going to take tomorrow night off as far as the podcast goes. Let Andrew do uh, do that uh, on his own. He's had some great success doing that. And then I'm back with you for the entire weekend. So. Uh, I will be posting lineups for our members though uh, uh, all throughout, so no worries there. Okay, uh, the Hornets—they're 20 and 19, definitely the surprise team in the East. Uh, nobody saw that coming. The Lakers, 27 and 13. You've got the Lakers an eight-point favorite at home. The total a very respectable 224 and a half. Nobody's on a back-to-back here, so even score there. Pace 12th for Charlotte, 18th for the Lakers. Uh, defensively, Charlotte not getting it done in 22nd. And they got murdered last night, by the way, and that really hurt because Denver just killed them. Um, and the Lakers are first. So where do we go in this game? Uh, we're going with Lonzo Ball. Or are we going to look at LaMelo Ball? But uh, that's possible. LaMelo's price is a lot more than Lonzo's, so it's a little concern there, and the, you know, Lakers being the number one defense, you've got to respect that. But uh, the, the probable lineups are normal. Ball, Rozier, Hayward, Washington, and Zeller. And then on the Lakers side, Schroeder, Caldwell Pope, LeBron, Markeith Morris, not to be confused with Marcus Morris, his twin, and Damian Jones. The new guy that everybody's barking about, who's Damian Jones. Damian Jones has been a while around a while. He's their plug-in guy until they trade for a center. I'm convinced that they're going to go out there and get a veteran center that that can uh, do exactly what Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee did for them last year, is give them that defensive presence in the playoffs and experience uh, that helped them win it. So keep an eye on that. We're also in the in the last week here. Uh, I think four, f- four days left or so of trade deadline. So expect a lot of movement uh, through this weekend for sure uh, with, with these trade possibilities coming down. Okay, what do we like here? Um, really, from the Charlotte side, you know, the guy that has stepped up uh, consistently lately is Rogier, but I'm still nervous with Devontae Graham, Ball, Rogier, and Hayward all getting a lot of minutes it just, it, it sours the pot for me as far as anybody being able to take over a game. And, you know, you're playing the number one defense, so I'm not really looking to go there at all. Um, I'm not a P.J. Washington believer either. I know he had that one ridiculous outlier game, but he has a tendency to get in foul trouble, and I'm just, I don't like inconsistencies when I'm putting together my cash lineup. So uh, that bothers me. Cody Zeller always a cheap center option, but you know you're only going to get 22 minutes maybe because uh, they're going to use Biombo, they're going to use Washington there as well. But certainly, you know, if you're looking to just be value at center, uh, he generally will get you uh, close to 5x uh, with his limited minutes. On the Lakers side, uh, definitely some interest there. I like Dennis Schroder in this matchup. I think. This is the kind of game he really can step up and really play second uh, second banana to LeBron. You know, with with a lot of these guys out, um, there has been games where Schroeder stepped up, and it's generally when they're playing against teams uh, without great D. So, you know, the question with Schroeder is, if he gets ball defense, he's going to completely smash. If he gets Rogier defense, it could be a little bit tough, but... Again, with that rotation of guards and the way that Charlotte substitutes, I think Schroeder's going to get enough open spaces here uh, against Ball or uh, you know any of their backup guards, the, the Martin twins also. So it'll be uh, I think a decent game for him. Um, you know LeBron, how can he not be in play um, in a you know a game like this where they're going to need him to do well with a lot of guys out. LeBron certainly could be your play up, a pay up spot today. I mean, we don't have a ton of them. A lot of the big guys, you know, the Lucas and Jokers and all these guys are not on the slate. So I think you're going to see LeBron be very highly owned. And that's the question is, you know, do you want to go there uh, and and hang and get it late or do you want to load up more early? with guys like Mitchell, Beal, Trey Young, you know, those kind of guys, Ingram, you know, we've mentioned some guys also cat in play, possibly, you know, there's a lot, there is some, but it's not the normal superstars. We don't have to decide between LeBron and Harden and Luca and et cetera. So, you know, it almost makes you need to play LeBron. And my, my reasoning is this, no, I don't like playing dead chalk, and you guys know if you if you see my cash lineups, they are not super chalky, but there generally is one, maybe two at the most, guys on each slate that I just feel I have to roster, not just because I have a cash lineup, but sometimes you have to eat the chalk like that as a blocker. Because if I'm playing cash games and 65 70% of the people I'm playing against are using LeBron... And I don't have LeBron, and he has a a really good game, it's going to pass me by. And I can't really afford to do that. Whereas if LeBron just has an average game, not that great, it doesn't crush me. Because, like I say, 70% or whatever the other people are going to have them. So, you know, you got to look at those things and strategize them as you're building your lineup. And therefore, LeBron has a very good chance of making my lineup for sure. Now, I will play... A GPP where I don't include him so that if, you know, I can hopefully hit on somebody that's lesser owned that, that pops. But he just feels like a necessity to me tonight as a chalk guy that you don't want to, you know, be behind that and have to and try to, you know, hang on at the end in that late game. So that's the, definitely the spot I like on that side, along with Schroeder. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you can have some, some ownership in this game. It won't be my highest owned game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still going to focus on New Orleans, Portland, uh, for that. And, you know, a little bit of Oklahoma city, Atlanta also. So that is it, my friends, those are the six games. Very excited about tonight's slate. think it could, you know, I like not having a million, uh, stars playing. It, it allows you to, make some unique lineups, but some smart lineups. So again, you know, uh, check us out at DFS Coach Talk. We have some great deals going. Uh, You know, please take this minute on the way out to hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, hit and click the little alarm that reminds you when our podcasts are posted. You know, we have our PGA going now. Uh, You'll get uh, lineups for the weekend on PGA on Friday night, along with all our NBA coverage MLB coverage is coming up in a couple, two weeks, two and a half weeks. Can't wait for that. That's going to be an absolute blast uh, also. So, you know, a lot of things happening here at Coach Talk. Great time to jump on. We're red hot, so we would absolutely love to have you. So really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for your time today. And uh, tomorrow's podcast will be with Andrew for the NBA, and then I'll be around all weekend uh, for the NBA and also probably talk a little PGA as well. So thank you. Have a tremendous day and hopefully n- not many of you out there are so hung over today that you're uh, having to listen to this too late from drinking all the green ba- green beer. I know that's not as big of a thing down here in Texas, but when I lived, I was born and raised up in the Northeast in, in Pennsylvania and it was we did some partying on St. Patrick's Day. I mean, it's a big deal up there. So I know we have listeners all over the world, actually. You know, uh, you know, great shout out to our, our members in Australia, France. We have now have some momentum there. And, of course, our Canadian uh, friends, some of our uh, top folks up there with Jay Marax and JP Wild and all those guys. So uh, hello to everybody. Let's keep this hot streak going and uh, really appreciate you. So have a great day. Uh, Stay safe out there. And we'll look for you again tomorrow when we crush it in DFS.